Hi gang, this is Dave. You know me as Dave Kill on the forums. I'd like to invite you to sit back and enjoy another great podcast. What do you say, Hal? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Well, thanks for that intro, Dave, and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi, everyone. This is Rico, your host for podcast number 135 for August the 19th, 2007. It's going to be another uh, packed show for you today. We're going to look at a Deep Space Nine episode. Going to do a full commentary on that. Got a uh, cool new collectible, another Gentle Giant collectible to look at later in the show. A book review, uh, and usual news from Star Wars and Star Trek and the sci-fi universe. So stay tuned. Here we go. Rico. Rico. Drex and Sci-Fi. Drex and Sci-Fi. Captain. Incoming message. A weekly dose of sci-fi and Star Trek information. Shut up, Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Well, welcome again to the show, everyone. This is Rico, your host for the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast, your your weekly dose of Star Trek, Star Wars, sci-fi goodness and news, uh, episode commentaries, revisiting old TV shows and movies, uh, all kinds of fun uh, geek goodness. So welcome to the show, everyone, once again. If you're uh, a new listener, uh, welcome, and if you've listened for a long time, I appreciate you still listening. This uh, past week's been good, getting back to normal after my uh, trip to Taiwan, feeling pretty uh, pretty much back to uh, Michigan time and Michigan food and Michigan weather. Uh, it's uh, actually kind of cool here in Michigan right now today on this Sunday. Uh, it's about uh, 11 in the morning, recording a little later than I normally do, but uh, my oldest son is off to uh, Michigan State for his second year, so got him uh, packed up and uh, my wife ran him up to school, so He's on his way for his uh, sophomore year at uh, Michigan State University, so I hope he does well, and I'm sure he will. And and don't uh, don't play too hard or uh, study too hard, even Stephen, when you're up at school. I'm gonna jump right into some Star Trek news. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention. Uh, the first uh, is that uh, it looks like for the Star Trek movie, there you know, there's all kinds of casting rumors that are floating around, but this one kind of caught my eye. They, uh, the rumor around town right now is that Paramount wants uh, Russell Crowe to play the bad guy, play the villain in the next Star Trek film. I'm not sure how much truth there is to this rumor. It, you know, who knows? I don't think uh, I can't think that J.J. Abrams and Russell Crowe have done any projects together, so there's not really a connection there that I know of. I know there's been talk about Tom Cruise having some kind of cameo role in the movie because J.J. Abrams did, of course, The Last Mission Impossible, directed that with Tom Cruise, and I guess they're uh, fairly uh, good friends now or something. So that that at least seems like a connection to me. But Russell Crowe, yeah, for the villain in the next Star Trek film is, is a uh, rumor floating around town. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one at least. One thing I, w- I really wanted to mention this week is this coming week, uh, it is uh, set for August 23rd, is the premiere for the next Star Trek New Voyages fan film. Uh, again, I say fan film for these things because 
well, it, it's a you know a production that's not making money. They're not a Paramount, uh, you know, Star Trek uh, franchise, you know, another one. But they're just as good, I think. The stories, the effects they put out. Uh, they do these episodes. Eh, I guess they probably been putting out about one a year. They're trying to speed it up the process, but they take a long time. I did want to mention that if you go to Star Trek New Voyages dot com, and if you're in the California area. They're uh, showing this film uh, this coming weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think, at a theater in Beverly Hills, and you can sign up and and order tickets there. So you might want to check out their website for that. They're also doing a streaming event on the Internet for the broadcast, uh, the premiere broadcast of this next film, which features uh, George Takei and Sulu uh, in the role of Sulu again. It looks uh, really cool, World Enough in Time. And that will be coming out, like I said, this Thursday. You need to sort of sign up for this streaming event. If you go to StarTrekNewVoyages.com, it will uh, all that information will be there. So check out that site. Uh, switching over to the Star Wars realm of things, or at least the Lucas realm of things, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which I thought was a great series, uh, featured uh, a young Indy at a couple different ages in his life, uh, some cool adventures, a lot of history was... Uh, was used in the uh, different episodes. Those are finally coming out. The first volume uh, DVD set is finally coming out this October, I guess with a huge amount of extras. Uh, so uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for that. Also, the fan film, uh, The Force Among Us, is finally coming out on DVD, or is finally at least being shipped to those that ordered this. I interviewed the guy that worked on that, uh, Christian Macht, uh, a couple, few months ago really sounds interesting they visited some star wars locations lots of cool stuff there so if you haven't ordered that dvd i'm sure you can still do that at forceamongus.com now we're going to take a look uh or at least uh the duffster is going to look at a book called caves of steel so here's the duffster with this week's book review hey everyone this is duffster and this is your science fiction book review brought to you by readmoresci-fi.com Today we're going to talk about another classic sci-fi novel, The Caves of Steel, by Isaac Asimov. Uh, Isaac Asimov is, you know, he's one of the big three. We were were kind of discussing this the other day. It's Asimov, Heinlein, and Arthur C. Clarke, if you talk about the big, older science fiction writers. And Caves of Steel is just a great story. It's one of the first of his robot novels, they're called. the main character is a human called Elijah Bailey, and he gets teamed up with a, um, well, the gentleman's name is R. Daniel Olivar. Um, this is basically a detective story. There's A murder has occurred, and, uh, well, they got to discover who the murderer is. Um, there's some very interesting elements to uh, the, the, the future that Asimov presents. Humans live in these giant, they're called caves. Well, they call them caves. They're giant enclosed cities. Uh, human, Most of the humans living on the earth um, do not want to go outside. They have a huge agoraphobia, well, a huge fear of outdoor areas, agoraphobia. Um, and in fact, the, the, the idea of a, a human going outside um, underneath the real sky to try to infiltrate this area where this person was killed is just they all think it's crazy. That's there, No one would do that. Um, there, there's a lot of other social 
elements to this book they're quite interesting uh humans actually uh, like living in big packs they're, these are all earther humans of course there's also spacers which are people that left earth a while ago to populate the the planets and and uh, uh, there's some issues there that's why they're coming back to earth to try to help earth with some of those overpopulation errors but there's a lot of friction between the two uh, this is a, a fantastic book um it was followed up by the naked sun um, which is has the same characters again and robots of dawn um, and robots and empire uh, so it makes a good read if you haven't read it before it's it's definitely on, on my must read list uh, most of asimov stuff is actually so um, just uh, give it a chance if you haven't read it before and if you've read it uh, you might want to read it again i discovered a few things that uh, i'd forgotten about or didn't listen for so um, I think that's going to be it. I'm just going to leave you with the following. Remember to read more science fiction. Ta-ta! Thanks very much for that uh, book review, Caves of Steel. A cool Asimov book. Uh, yeah, I've read quite a few Asimov books. I'm not sure if I've read that one. I don't think so. But thanks for that review, Duffster. Uh, always a pleasure to hear about more classic sci-fi it's uh, it's really interesting, you know. Some of those older books still hold up to this day, I think, uh, because of the science fiction elements in future settings. So, thanks a lot again, Duffster. I want to mention a couple other things before we get into the uh, full commentary on this week's Deep Space Nine episode. Uh, the first one is next weekend. I am going to do a Skype call where we're going to talk about uh, the movies, fantasy, and sci-fi movies over the summer. And uh, TV, sci-fi TV that's showing up over the summer like Eureka and Flash Gordon, which is, well, not the greatest show. <laughs> anyway, that's going to take place next Saturday. It is, uh, that'll be August 25th at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Skype. Uh, so uh, you can get the information from my Skype handle on the main website, treksf.com. I know there's several members from the forums that are going to show up. It'll be at 2 p.m. I'll probably get there 5, 10 minutes early on Skype and start adding people to the conference call. There is going to be a little bit of a limit on the number of people, so it's kind of a first-come, first-serve. And I'm going to try to also get in people that haven't participated before if we have uh, an overabundance of people uh, coming in to want to be in the call. So anyway, uh, look for that, uh, and that will be used for next weekend's podcast. The last thing I want to mention, again, before we get to the uh, Deep Space Nine episode, is I'm going to do another run of t-shirts. I've been talking about this on the forums with the people there. I'm going to, it's going to be very similar to the last t-shirts that I did, uh, oh, quite a while back now. Similar design, logo on the back uh, with some words on the front. I'm going to finalize the design in the next few days. I will post it on the website, on the forums, and everything, so... The way this is going to probably work is it will be a pre-order thing. You will sign up for the t-shirt that you want, the size that you want. It will be one style, just different sizes. But you will sign up ahead of time, PayPal the money, and then I will do one mass order of the t-shirts and then ship them out when they come in. So that's the way it'll work. I think they were in, you know, I think they cost about 25 last time, including shipping. I know that sounds a little bit much, but I, I try to go for a little qu higher quality uh, shirt material. Sometimes t-shirts that you get off some websites and podcasts and things, nothing against them, but sometimes they go the cheapest route and they really don't hold up. So that's probably the story on the t-shirts. Uh, look for information, like I said, on the website and on the forums very soon. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Johnson from the Extra Life Radio Show. You're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with my friend Rico. A man on blue petal sky, 
Okay, this week's Deep Space Nine uh, Trek episode full commentary is going to be the episode Through the Looking Glass, which is another uh, Mirror Universe story set in the Deep Space Nine universe of Star Trek. Uh, A cool episode. We've done a crossover before, which was an earlier season episode. This one's from the third season. So without any further ado, let's get right into the episode, and I will comment as we go. So here we go with Through the Looking Glass. I found 27 voles in his storeroom. Vole infestations are not uncommon on this station. If you don't believe me, ask Chief O'Brien. When I came in, he and Morn were painting numbers on the voles' backs. We were just counting them to see how many we Classic uh, conflict here between Quark and Odo. One of the best uh, parts of Deep Space Nine, I always thought. Do you really think that was what Morn was up to? Constable... I want the voles confiscated and removed from the station. You can't confiscate Morn's voles. They're like his pets. I'll see if I can get him some goldfish. Now, gentlemen, if you will excuse me. It's late. <sighs> Poor Morn. This, this episode is written hearts. by uh, Iris Stephen huh? Bear, uh, one of the uh, main uh, producers on Deep Space Nine. You going somewhere, Chief? Sir, I need to talk to you. It's kind of private. We were just leaving. Also Come written on, by uh, Robert Hughes to Wolf, who uh, also Do worked on Deep Space Nine quite a bit in the writing Actually, capacity. Actually, I thought we might go to my place. Commander. Stand down. Now it looks like O'Brien's pulling a gun on uh, Cisco Move. here in this scene, which seems a little odd, of course. is also not wearing his uh, normal uniform, too, in this scene, which should have been a little bit of a giveaway, but, you know, he looks like the chief. Computer! Energize in my command. Energize! I guess you could say we just stepped through the looking glass. Well, now, as of course, everyone out there listening to this podcast knows uh, the Mirror Universe story started back in uh, the TOS original series uh, stories and days with the episode, the classic Mirror Mirror, where Kirk and his landing party were uh, thrust into this sort of alternate parallel universe with uh, the Federation a lot different than it was in our universe, Uh, much more barbaric and much more violent. They were more like the Klingons in that universe. And then when it came time to do uh, Deep Space Nine, they started the series of episodes uh, in this universe and Deep Space Nine's universe with their characters uh, taking them over into this parallel uh, mirror universe stories or or, storyline I should say 
They never did it in uh, Next Generation, which was kind of a little bit of a disappointment that they never visited uh, the Mirror Universe. It would have been kind of fun to see those characters as they would be in, uh, you know, the Mirror Universe era, or not era, excuse me, uh, in the Mirror Universe t- uh, frame of reference is, I guess, the way you could put it. This, uh, I always like the intro music. I've said this probably before a few times when I do uh, Deep Space Nine episodes, but they do a great job with the music and scanning over the Deep Space Nine station in this uh I always thought they did, uh, the, the way I, I liked the station, or one of the things I liked was the fact that even in space, it, it's you're only really seeing the lights on the station. It's not really lit up very well, and it's sort of dark and kind of ominous a little bit, and it kind of fits the, the series itself. So and here we go back into Through the Looking Glass. Sit down. Make yourself comfortable. Right now, I'm not feeling very comfortable. Ah, ah. <sighs> That's better. It's pretty good that uh, Cisco gets the drop on him so easily. It was a pretty nice move. I'm glad you liked it. Of course, it doesn't change anything. You can't go home unless I reconfigure the transporter. And I'm not about to do that. I guess you have a lot of questions. Not as many as you think. You know where we are? If I had to guess, I'd say that this is the same parallel universe that two of my crew members visited a year ago. Quick, just like our Cisco. That saves me having to give you a history lesson. But I better update you on current events. Since your officers left here, we've started a rebellion against the Klingon Cardassian Alliance. We're fighting for our lives. I wish you luck, but I don't see what that has to do with me. It has everything to do with you. You were the leader of the Terran Rebellion. At least our Benjamin Cisco was. Was? Captain Sisko's dead. The Cardassians blew up his ship. Ah, so you want me to take his place? Like I said, you're quick. This episode two, well, uh, directed here by uh, Weinrich Kolb, I think is how you say his pattern. name. I know he did quite a few Trek Wait, episodes. Hear me out. The episode. Oh, this I'm not episode. asking for a lifetime commitment. Say the word All episode ten more times. I think. The mission Sisko was on. Uh, <laughs> I'm this sorry, episode is very dark and else. kind of I don't uh, here. foggy and not about in places. They give it a very, uh, you know, kind of almost devilish uh, overview to it. it. It tries to make it look kind of evil and and scary. Uh, there's, there's a, a lot of red lighting used and different kind of lighting effects. It's, uh, Our sources tell us uh, you know, they're trying to make Deep Space Nine or Terra Nora, as it's called, and this make it look different. Without a safe place to hide, the Alliance will be able to track us down and kill us all. So, you want me to prevent this scientist from finishing her project? Captain Sisko was convinced he could change her mind. Get her to work for us instead. How did he plan to do that? She was his wife. Now here's the uh, really, uh, I think, big key part of this episode. Jennifer. You know her? She was my wife, too, but in my universe, she's dead. Not here, she isn't. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, that would be something, you know, if you've lost a loved one, then you you can can flip over to a weird new universe and and see them again. They wouldn't be quite the same, of course. We cannot let her finish the sensor array. It'd mean the end of the rebellion. 
can't let her die. Not again. You're the only one who can save her. Nice little hook there to keep uh, Cisco from just, you know, booking back to his own universe. Now they're, uh, now we're into um, Tarek Noir showing uh, the attendant Kira. Played by, of course, uh, Nana Visitor. And so are you. Enter. There's a, a special guest star also in this episode. Uh, Tuvok Mr. Garrick shows said up. he wanted to see me. Yes. Come. Now the, uh, the Jennifer counterpart if showed us up here with... If you're wondering when the new uh, sensor array will be finished, the answer as is... Soon possible I know will that be all played by uh, Felicia Bell is her name I have news of your husband nothing you could tell me about Ben would interest me I haven't even seen him in five years oh I know that and I hope that will make this easier for you you see Benjamin is dead Can I go now? You must have loved him very much. Be so angry with him. Become so cold. Were there other Terrans killed with him? Oh, whole shipful. All of this killing, it has to stop. Mm. And it will. As soon as you complete your transpectral sensors, We'll be able to locate the rebel bases, disarm them, and put an end to all this bloodshed. And I will be able to resume pressing the Alliance to become more reasonable to its death. You know, all the actors on Deep Space Nine, from what I've read and, and heard, is that they uh, really get a kick out of playing you these me, alternate versions of the, their characters in the, the Mirror Universe stories, which is probably why they did quite a few of them in Deep Space Nine. It's, uh, you know, always fun. You're playing the same kind of role, same kind of character, a fairly good character so it's agreed. I most of the time, but then you get to sort of let loose so here. So the, this is great Jennifer, for them as actors, and even uh, Avery Brooks gets to do that here because he has to pretend he's the other Cisco. doing helping the Alliance in the first place. I mean, didn't she know that Cisco is leading the rebellion? She knew, all right. The truth is, she and Captain Sisko didn't get along too well. Then again, the captain didn't really get along with anyone. In some ways, the rebellion's better off without him. And don't get me wrong, the captain knew how to fight. But that's about all he knew. Ready? You don't look very confident, Chief. Well, you better start calling me Smiley. That's what the captain called me. All right. Smiley. Today's drink is I just orange wish you had more Gatorade, time to by the way. Not I that probably you haven't told you that interested, you to know. but I hope you don't run up against too many surprises. If I do, I guess I'll just have to improvise. <laughs> I told Cisco he'd never get close to Teraknor, and I was right. I say we teach the Alliance a lesson. 
Throw everything we've got at Turok Nor and rip now the we have evil Rom, evil Bashir here. Following your suggestion would do nothing to and enhance Tuvok. our goals and would result in a significant loss of life. That's easy for you to say. Those Cardassian pigs didn't kill your brother. We've all suffered losses at the hands of the Alliance. Nonetheless, logic dictates caution in the face of a superior enemy. Logic isn't going to win us our freedom. We have to take action. And we will. Interesting. This time, excuse me. Interesting point here is that just like Spock in the original Mirror Mirror episode wasn't that different from his real version of Spock. The Tuvok role of Vulcan here, Tuvok, isn't really that different from Tuvok in Voyager. He's a logical, reasonable kind of guy, which is interesting. Captain, you're alive. Of course, he's alive. You can't kill the captain, he's too ornery. <laughs> I hope that doesn't disappoint anyone. We're glad. You're all right. I'm sure you are. We heard your fighter was destroyed. The Alliance said you were dead. Just their propaganda machine working overtime. But you know what all that tells me? <laughs> They're scared. <laughs> And we're going to give them plenty of reason to stay scared. Well, well, well. It's about time you came back. Now we have the uh, evil, different kind of Dax here. And that's for letting me think you were dead. I'm glad to see you still care. You coming or not? I thought you told me I was married. Well, you are, technically, but she's your mistress. I see what you meant by surprises. I'm really glad you're alive. Dax is uh, quite a bit different in this universe. Uh, got a different hairdo, different attitude, obviously. I'm glad you're alive. We have a lot of planning to do. It can wait. One of the uh, Terry Farrell, I thought, did a really good job in the role of Dax, and, and I think grew a lot well, as the series continued as an actress. I think a little green at first, but definitely down. by the end of her run, uh, was definitely really improved. Are you purposely trying to make me look bad to Sector Command? Not at all. I've done everything I can think of to motivate the workers. Such now we have the great bribes, Andrew Robinson uh, Garrick, who's basically like a uh, hero or the attendant, sort of right-hand man I'm sure in the mirror universe the overseers, But it is not getting the job done. Follow me. And I think I might have mentioned this before on the, when I talked about the, the crossover episode and did that one. And do what? It always seemed odd to me to do this ore processing thing on this station out in space. You know, you'd have to take all that ore, haul it to, to the station, brilliance. process it, and then and then do whatever they do with what's processed and carry that away. It seems very complicated to me and not really that efficient. What does my mood have to do with anything? If you don't mind my saying... 
I have noticed a certain amount of ill humor on your part lately. I don't know what you're talking about. As I recall, it began about the time you learned of Captain Sisko's death. Now, why would I be upset by such delightful news? Well, I was under the impression that you were rather fond of him. Well, then you were mistaken. Well, I will say this for him. He did have spirit. <sighs> Too much spirit can be a dangerous thing. Tends to infect others. Well, that's something we won't have to worry about, at least. With Cisco's death and the imminent completion of the transspectral sensor array, the rebellion is certain to collapse. You seem very sure of yourself. I am. I'll remember that. If the rebellion continues, I'll know who to blame. Yeah, it's one of the uh, one of the best parts of Deep Space Nine is just the the richness of the, all the characters and the cast. They have really a really good, solid group of actors and sure a good range of characters. Accurate. You tell me. You gathered the information. Hmm? Oh, that's right. Are you okay? You seem a little distracted. Just thinking. I've been thinking too. You know, we've been fighting against the Alliance for almost a year now. And what has it gotten us? Nothing. Sometimes I think we were better off when we were collecting tribute for the Intendant. Those days are gone. Maybe. But I'm tired of living like this. The Rebellion's a lost cause, and we both know it. Don't you want to see the Terrans gain their freedom? Have you taken a good look at your troops lately? They're nothing but ex-slaves with delusions of grandeur. They'll never overthrow the Alliance. Let's just get a ship and go. Forget all about the Rebellion. I'm not ready to give up just yet. It's not like you're going to have much choice. Once that witch you married finishes her new sensor array, Alliance ships are going to be all over these badlands. We're going to have no place to hide. Then I guess we'll just have to make sure she doesn't finish. Trying to reach Terok Nor using small fighters didn't work. But we need to get Jennifer off that station, and we need to get her off there soon. We have been meaning to talk to you about that. Mr. Bashir is not convinced that you can persuade your former mate to join our cause. I can be very persuasive. Look, I don't even know why we're bothering to discuss this. The Cardassians destroyed your ship way before it got even close to Terok Nor. And even if it That's had what the gone captain there, would do. No guarantee you Go on, hit him. Wife of anything. Let's face it, Captain. The woman hates you. <laughs> what my wife thinks of me is none of your concern. Anyone else want to disagree with the captain? Put it away, Dax. Very much like uh, Go on, put it away. Kirk had to do, you know, in the Mirror Universe storyline. No one is questioning your authority, Captain. But we have to stop her before she finishes the sensor array. And there's only one sure way to do that. We have to kill her. You've been saying that all along. Well, maybe it's time. He listened. Killing her would be a lot easier than trying to get her away from the Alliance. Easier, but not smarter. If she's that important to the Alliance, think how important she could be to us. But we could use a scientist on our side. 
tell him, Smiley. At least someone here is using his brain. Oh, think about it. Who knows what other weapons the Alliance is developing? Someone like Professor Sisko could counteract anything they come up with. Yeah, Brian Colmini, too, is uh, is also one of the we other characters her. here that's really not a huge different right. uh, type of person in the Mirror Universe. It's kind of interesting how it's some are, but some aren't. Uh, you know, it, it's not exactly supposed to be an opposite universe where Good. everything exactly is is just that opposite. It's It's a parallel or different uh, universe, but nothing, uh, you know, there's no reason why some characters are less evil and nasty than, than others. What you told there's me. a big range there. Some are much more than others and some less. It's about Captain Sisko. Sisko? He's alive. He was able to get off his ship before it exploded. I suppose it's possible. It's more than possible. It's true. So Ron's a little uh, double agent. He's a spy here, which, uh, you know, for Ferengi, that kind of makes sense a little bit. And, of course, uh, you know, Kira's, yeah, she's not that upset about that situation. She always had a kind of a thing for Cisco in this universe. Can't help it, it itches. Hope this works. It'll work. Just stop scratching. You know, you did pretty good back there. I don't think anyone suspected you weren't Captain Sisko. At least, not once you hit Bashir. <laughs> but you and I both know that was just a warm-up. Jennifer is the one I really have to convince. I guess seeing her isn't going to be easy for you. How long's it been since your wife died? Five years. Well, just remember, Jennifer may look like her, she's not. She's a completely different person. I'll try to remember that. Do you have any idea what went wrong between her and Captain Sisko? From what I heard, they never should have been together in the first place. She came from one of the few privileged Terran families. People who cooperated with the Alliance. The captain fought his way up from the mines. What is she like, this Jennifer? I don't know. They'd separated by the time I got to know the captain. What was your Jennifer like? She was the kindest, most caring person I ever knew. I wouldn't get my hopes up. Hold on. Again, I'm gotta be a, a slight uh, energy distortion in subspace for Cisco to have to what go into to meet up with his it's uh, coming from all around us. long dead wife uh, that, of course, was killed back at Wolf Three Five Nine, back in the classic of Best of Both Worlds. And, uh, TNG days. You know, Captain Sisko would try to fight his way out of this. Be glad I'm not him. Well, if it isn't the notorious Captain Sisko and his friend the Tinkerer. So, uh, first thing he does is give her a big kiss. Give the intent. to see you too in Still the same old Benjamin. You wouldn't have it any other way. Mm, perhaps not, but I'm still going to kill you. Maybe, but not right away. You flatter yourself. Not unjustly, I hope. Intendant, 
Please, let me teach him some manners. All in good time. <laughs> this is a good scene here. A lot of fun. But first, whatever shall we do about O'Brien? I remember the first time I saw you, Tinkerer. You were fixing something. You were always fixing things, making things better. And everyone loved you for it. Even me. But that just wasn't enough for you, was it? You couldn't be happy staying here, being loved. You had to lash out and it's betray also, everyone uh, who was ever good to you. Interesting in this universe, too. Most of the characters are still doing the kind of roles and jobs that they, would, they were doing. O'Brien's still kind of an engineer. Cisco's kind of a commander. You're a terrorist. Kira's kind of in a, you were born a, a, a military slave and leadership slave. role. Take and him so to ore processing. Remind him where he belongs. And what about Cisco? I guess Bashir is the only one that I can think of. I don't think they mentioned. I don't think he's a doctor in this universe. Of all the impudent doers, he says. Intended, I demand that this man be. You? Demand? You promised me he'd die. And he will. When I say. And not a moment before. Shall we? After you. Yep, so they made their way to uh, Tarek Noir, Deep Space Nine, here in the Mirror Universe. Even though I they really kind of got caught do doing it. I sympathize. It's a difficult decision. But I'm sure you'll come up with something. The only reason I can think of to keep you alive is to infuriate Garrick. What better reason do you need? <laughs> <laughs> well, suppose... I'll let you live. Hmm? What will I get in return? What do you want? Your loyalty. That's all I've ever wanted. For you to be at my side, my strong right arm. Yeah, the, um, the another I'm interesting thing in this mirror universe, you know, with females, uh, especially Kieran, a very high level of uh, command and position. That was a lot different in the mirror universe from the original series days, is, but I think that has to do with the time that both uh, series took place. Do I get a vote? The of most important woman, I think, back in the mirror universe was the captain woman, who was basically his concubine. <laughs> no. I've got to think about this. You will let me know what you decide. I wouldn't dream of keeping it a secret. So they brought uh, this Jennifer, the scientist, to see Cisco. Please leave us. What? And miss this touching reunion? You heard her. If you need anyone to beat him into submission for you, please don't hesitate to call me. Andrew Robinson as Garrick is just so good. I, I you know, he was one of the best uh, actors I think right. on this show. I'm here. Does a great job, especially in the Mirror Universe part of I things. I was hoping we could talk. Really? You never seemed interested in talking to me while we were married. 
I made a lot of mistakes back then. Save the apologies, Ben. They're not going to work. You are, without a doubt, the most insensitive, self-absorbed, egotistical... You made your point. I doubt it. You never listened to me before. You were always too busy trying to impress every woman who crossed your path. They bring back uh, this actress playing Jennifer quite a few times throughout Deep Space Nine, which was a nice connection to the pilot episode. Sometimes I think it was the only thing you ever loved. Maybe I loved you both. Then why did you leave me to go run and play pirate for the intendant? That's a good question. Now this rebellion of yours... Do you know how many deaths you've caused? How much destruction? I'm fighting to help free our people. You're fighting because you like to fight, Benjamin. The only thing you've accomplished is to give the Alliance an excuse to treat the Terrans worse than before. I just hope that with your capture, this rebellion can be ended peacefully. Who said I've been captured? Oh, I suppose you came here just to see me. Actually, I came here to rescue you. Ah, pretty interesting there. She's uh, obviously a little surprised by that. Rescue me. That's what I said? I'm not going anywhere with you. You can't stay here? I have a job to finish. You mean the sensor array? That's right. If you finish the array, you'll destroy any hope our people have for a better future. I don't think you want that. All I want to do is put an end to all this fighting. To force the rebels to seek a peaceful settlement with the Alliance. It's not that simple. The Alliance isn't interested in a peaceful settlement. If we lay down our arms, we'll all be killed. The rebellion is killing people every day. It has to stop. Not this way. Not while the Terrans are still at the mercy of the Alliance. Yeah, it's a little uh, weird that she's people, so Jennifer. willing to do you that. She's no obviously right kind of naive like about that. the whole Since way the Terrans are being treated. you care about what happens to our people, you've never cared about anyone but yourself. Maybe I've changed in the past few years. Oh, how many times have I heard you say that? I guess I was a pretty lousy husband. You guess? Look, I know it's too late for an apology. You're right about that. This must be, uh, again, really hard for Cisco to deal with this situation, but he's pulling it off pretty well, I think. For a second, I almost believed you. You know what I wish? I wish I'd never met you. Ooh, that's a tough one. I wish things could have been better between us. But this isn't about us. Or is it? Why are you working for the Alliance? Is it because you believe in what they're doing, or is it something else? I don't know what you're talking about. I think the two of us have been fighting each other so long that you've gotten used to us being on opposite sides. But I'm not the enemy this time, Jennifer. The Alliance is. The Alliance is your enemy, not mine. That's where you're wrong. Don't you see? You're no different than the slaves working in the ore processing center. In fact, 
You may even be worse off. At least they know they're prisoners. What if I am a prisoner? You don't have to be. Fight back. Come with me. You want me to join the rebellion? The way I see it, freedom is a whole lot better than slavery. So now he's holding her hand and uh, trying to uh, work his way back into her good graces. Took him long enough. What are you doing? Sending a message. You have a subdermal communicator? Courtesy of the Ferengi. Brian's, of course, down, you know, pushing carts of rocks around in the, in the good old... Uh, Working down in the coal mines of deep space or Terek Nor. Always reminded me a little bit of the set when uh, Han was put into uh, Carbonite and Empire Strikes Back, this, uh, this mining set. They even have red lights and smoke coming up all over the place. I keep expecting to see those little Huguenot guys show up and uh, try to throw someone into uh, a block of Carbonite down here on uh, Terek Nor. Jennifer, so Cisco took out his guards there pretty easily. Are you coming with me or not? Do I have a choice? Of course you do. If you want to go back to your quarters and forget we ever spoke, it's up to you. All right. But let's get one thing clear. What's that? I still hate you. I know. Darren, what are you doing down there? Rerouting the central ODM processor, the uh, intendant's orders. Out of a car receiving clearance for any repairs. Uh. Don't say. So Brian knocks out the guard. He's messing with the computer here. Uh, seasons in these various mirror universe stories, you know, you start to lose characters. Uh, the main cast uh, in the mirror universe start to get killed off. Cisco, of course, is gone now. You still haven't told me where we're going. The mirror universe, Cisco, at least. There should be a ship waiting there for us, providing we can get there before the security systems reactivate. Work is gone. Odo is gone. They're using sort of like Klingon weapons here too for the uh, prop episode for the props in the episode. Now what? Uh, I'll think of something. Shows up, helps yeah, them. They're pinned down. Them behind us. Then we better get to the airlock. Come on. Oh, they found Rom dead here by the Something airlock. Something tells me that's not part of your plan. Remember, he was a sort of a spy anyway. We gotta find another way out of here. 
Got any suggestions? Oh yeah, that's right. Your Rom was uh, acting under their orders. Dead. I'm sorry, There's he wasn't no really. Out. I guess he you was sort of a triple well agent. If we surrender, she'll kill us. Maybe us, but not Jennifer. What if we offer her a trade? I stay here, and she lets you live. Benjamin, you know how I hate to be kept waiting. I came a long way to get you out of here, and I'm not going to leave without you. What is it? Nothing. Smiley. How far is the ore processing center? Only a couple levels. Time's up, Benjamin. Benjamin! Pursue! He always has to make things difficult. It's one of his least endearing qualities. <laughs> yeah, so they're making their way down to the ore area. A lot of uh, cool uh, action here in this uh, part of the episode. A lot of basic fighting. It's easy for you to say. You don't get to see a lot of this that often on Deep Space or any other track shows. I'm going to get you out of here. I promise. Still I a little, you. just a little annoying of how dark this episode is now that I'm watching it once again. It's it's really a really dark episode. They could have lightened it up a bit. You I don't know what you're up to, Captain. But there's no way out of this room except through that door. Don't worry, I know what I'm doing. I just hope your Terraknor was designed by the same Cardassian that built my Terraknor. Are you sure they're in there? Good. Then we got them. Use the manual override to open the doors. At this time, Intendant, I trust you're not going to be so lenient on our dear Mr. Sisko. Don't worry. He's disappointed me for the last time. So they're all just kind of standing there waiting for them as they walk so in. I was so worried about you, but you're safe now. In fact, I can assure you that your husband will never annoy you again. Actually, for the first time since I've met him, he's not annoying me. 
In fact, he's making a lot of sense. Well, he can be very persuasive when he wants to be. I suppose this means you won't be finishing the sensor array. I'm a Terran. Keep her alive. Kill the others. Oh, why wouldn't you be making a mistake? The only mistake I made was not executing you in the first place. You don't know how right you are. I have activated the station's self-destruct sequence. Unless I disarm it, this whole place will blow up in nine minutes. <laughs> That's impossible. There's no way you could know the station's command access code. Alpha 9175 Blue. Computer, disengage self destruct sequence. Authorization, Kira. Alpha 9175 Blue. Authorization denied. I changed it. You have eight minutes and 30 seconds to let us go. Otherwise, we all die. Don't listen to him. He's bluffing. He's not bluffing. How do you know? I know. Give me the new access code, and I'll let you go. I will give you the access code once my friends and I are safely away from the station. Do we have a D? Good, uh, this isn't over, good standoff here. You know, it, it, basically, I'll there's no way uh, she can't let them I go. It. I think it's a little kind of convenient that the code and all this for Tarek Nor and the Mirror Universe is exactly the same that Cisco knows, but they needed something. Also gets to use his knowledge of Deep Space Nine to get off the station, which I like that part of it. Kira is the intendant is uh, not real happy about this situation. Well, now they're back at their uh, sort of rebel headquarters. He's all yours. Dax tells me you're leaving. I thought I'd pay the Romulans a visit. See if I can convince them to help us. Then I guess this is goodbye. Jennifer, there's so much I want to tell you. I just don't know where to start. Why don't you start by telling me what happened to my husband? He's dead, isn't he? I'm sorry. Don't be. Who are you? Really? It's a long story. But ask Smiley. He can fill you in on the details. He seems like a good man. He does it that. 
So, what are you going to do now? Oh, I'm sure Smiley will find something to keep me busy. You're not really going to visit the Romulans, are you? The deal was that I get you off the station, and then I go home. Will I see you again? I don't know. Thank you for rescuing me. It was my pleasure. Ready, Captain? You better go. Take me home, Smiley. Yeah, he has to leave her behind again, so pretty tough uh, for Mr. Cisco, Captain Cisco here. So that's uh, Through the Looking Glass. Hope you enjoyed uh, listening to the episode as I chattered and talked during it. Yeah, it's a good job, uh, I think, by all the actors in this one. Again, from the third season, uh, another Mirror Universe story. They do another one in the uh, fourth season as well, which I'll probably cover at some point in time. This uh, It's a lot of fun for them to get to play in this universe. Uh, they uh, they kind of get to do this uh, a few times throughout this uh, this series, and this is sort of the middle uh, run. I think there's at least, well, there's definitely one more next season. There might have been a, even another one. I'm not sure off the top of my head right now if there was but uh, I enjoyed it, and I'm going to take a quick break. I will be right back with a collectible review. First, there was Firefly. Where the hell is my spaceship? Shoot the man, not the horse. Not a year now, I ain't had nothing to fix my nethers. We're done on bottom. Big damn heroes, That sounds like science fiction. That's true. Then came the signal. I'm Wes. It's not and just I'm because Karen. Serenity and is we a have thing another interview for you in this show. You're listening to News it's also from the Verse. The Firefly Timeline. You're going to need a higher This camp. feature is all about when things happen. We want our trilogy. Now there's a whole world of new adventures. Would you fight for that right? How come no one's ever there's done it? There's plenty here that would. Probably no one's been desperate enough to Don't try. worry, this guy ain't even I bet we are. Join us at the signal because the verse just got bigger. www.serenityfirefly.com Okay, the collectible I wanted to talk about this week is from Gentle Giant again. It's another Star Wars item. It is the animated Black Hole Stormtrooper um, little statue maquette that uh, Gentle Giant put out for its Premier Guild members, which I'm, of course, a uh, one of those. They only did a 1,000 of these. And basically what it is, it's sort of an animated style uh, like Gentle Giant has done for other Star Wars characters. But it's a uh, what's called the Black Hole Stormtrooper, which I think is originally derived from comic books, uh, if I remember correctly. If someone out there, uh, it's either uh, from the novels or for comic books. I'm not sure which one it showed up in first. But um, basically, it's a Stormtrooper, sort of as seen in the original trilogy, but he's all done in black. Instead of having white armor, he's all got black armor on and he's sort of in a running pose in this animated version of him. He only fits in the base that comes with this uh, statue. From or it only holds one tiny peg. He's basically in a running pose 
one foot down, one foot up. Uh, it's done kind of in a glossy black finish. Uh, a really nice job, I think, on the Stormtrooper himself. A uh, pretty good paint job here. The base isn't really the best paint job, though. I was a little disappointed. And this has been kind of an ongoing problem, I think, with Gentle Giant. Uh, they don't do the best job. Uh, some of their paint jobs are kind of sloppy, I think, uh, you know, they've got these little uh, slots and little windows that they do. It's a black base, but they put some areas of silver and red on it to give it a little accent color. But it's, you know, it's really not the, the neatest paint job in the world. I think the people, uh, these are hand-painted. I think they're all made in China, and I think they need a little steadier hand when they do a paint job. I mean, I've got, I've done a lot of painting, model-making, prop-building over the years, and, and I know I could do a little better job on it uh, Although under a production setting where I was having to paint lots of these each day, who knows. It's not awful, but it kind of detracts a little bit from the piece. And I've got some pictures up in my collection gallery, and you can take a look at what I mean. Uh, again, the the statue itself, the Stormtrooper itself, I think is pretty well done, but the base is kind of a little lacking. I think they could pay a little more attention to the base. I'm also a little concerned about this piece. that It's just being uh, sat in or held by this one foot with the one small peg in the base. I mean, the pose looks pretty cool, but I think there's uh, some danger of breakage if, if you weren't really, really careful with it. It's, it's not a lot of weight. The, the statue isn't that huge. It's not a lot of weight to put on that one little peg, but it kind of concerns me just a little bit. But uh, it, it seems pretty solid. Uh, I also notice he's sort of at a little bit of an angle in his in his pose, and I'm not sure if it's supposed to be that way. I'll have to look at some other pictures online, but it's still a neat piece. It's it's cool that it's sort of a very exclusive edition of only a thousand. Uh, the Gentle Giant uh, put these up for sale to just, like I said, the, you, you're a member of their Premier Guild, which gets you some exclusive offers and things like this, some raffles and other stuff, uh, which I've talked about, I think, before. And this was one of the pieces that only the Premier Guild members could have. Although I just looked on eBay, and there's tons of them on eBay for, I think it cost $80, and they're they're going on eBay for not that much more than that. So it's really not that hard to pick one up uh, if you'd like one of these. Uh, if you like the black uh, Stormtrooper look, you can check out eBay for one. Uh, it's a nice piece, and I, I'm really getting into kind of these little animated statues that Gentle Giant has put out. Uh, they look a little different than the ones that are supposed to sort of be a... Uh, a good likeness of the characters gives you a little different look to them and uh, they're doing a pretty good job with them although I wish they'd get a little bit better handle on the paint uh, paint application so there you are with this week's collectible review the gentle giant black hole stormtrooper And, folks, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. Uh, if you'd like to participate in the show at any future date, uh, you can always email me, treksf at gmail.com. I do read all the emails. I don't really read any on the air for emails, but I do like to hear from the listeners. If you have any show suggestions or any comments, uh, always happy to hear from you. And check out the podcast notes. I've got a WordPress blog that each week that I put out. Uh, podcast notes, uh, detailed lists of what I've talked about on this week's show, uh, links and things like that. So check that out and make comments if you'd like. You can always call the voicemail line too, which is 206-6666-127. And leave a comment there, uh, a movie or a book review, anything you'd like to talk about uh, sci-fi wise, leave it on that and it'll probably make it on the show. But until uh, next week, which will be the Skypecast call, and then after that upcoming on some shows, I am going to be doing very soon a look at uh, 
some sort of uh, – they've done quite a few over the years. Uh, I'd call them sort of spoofs of uh, sci-fi types of things. I'm talking about movies like Free Enterprise, uh, also talking about uh, the movie Trekkies. Even though that's not really a spoof, that would be something worth talking about. And, of course, talking about the uh, movie Galaxy Quest. So I'm going to do a show that kind of dedicated to all those kind of movies, Spaceballs and things like that. So that will be coming up in the near future. But, again, thanks for everyone uh, downloading and listening to this week's show. I will talk to you again very soon. Bye-bye for now. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. You said don't talk fast, and that's how you show excitement. All right, talk a little faster. Okay. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. This podcast, copyright 2007, all rights reserved.